So the day that he came in, he literally opened his backpack. He opened and then a rope fell out, obviously. And he shared a story that he was on the way to the story bridge. I don't want to go into details with you on that, but that all changed because I, anyway, I've, he's talking to someone that is literally experienced what he had gone through. You better stop there. You're saying now you were homeless. Yeah, absolutely. So this is your prior experience that actually becomes an inspiration for you to supply this service. And you started it seven years ago to the homeless. You've just told us a story of a man who was on his way to commit suicide. Absolutely. Yeah. When I took up this role to become a volunteer, and it doesn't matter anymore because I'm not talking about a dollar and I'm not talking about power here. I'm talking about something that sits within me. Yeah. That drives me every single morning that I wake up when I'm going through a hard time burning. Yeah. When I'm broken down and you feel like you don't want to get up, what wakes me up every every morning is literally remember the people that I serve every week. But here's the thing, though. We've got to go back to the drawing board. Are you really called to be on these sheets to be able to help the people? Yeah. Are you really? Because some... And I'm saying this, the question goes back because a lot and, you know, out there and I remember when I started this and I remember God saying this, he goes, this is Margarita, I'd rather me see you serving my people than having the world seeing you. So me though, and I use that as a perfect example and I say this to these church leaders, if you're coming in here to be seen and to literally bring in your media to literally take photos and using this as your promotion for your I don't think it's going to work here this is a technique that this is literally part of the problem so but if you're coming into the service because God's called you into the service then we can work it together I want you to picture this dear listeners it was just a Saturday morning and Bernie had to go and do his proverbial park run. I'm not telling you my time for, t- for five kilometres. I'm trying to get below 30 minutes, but there I was down at the uh, Wynnum Foreshore at the Wynnum Park Run. Absolutely exhausted I was after 5Ks and I start to wander back to the car. Not wonder, I wandered back to the car and there she was. I just saw this this woman here trying to take all this stuff out of the car and if there's one thing this podcast and the Bernie upbringing has taught him, you got to help a woman who just needs a a little helping hand and I did Mm -hmm. and her name was... (laughs) Margarita Stowers. Hey, I did put on the S. Thank you. Stowers. And I asked, is like, what, what is all this gear out of the car? What's it all about? And she promptly informed me that she was providing a lunch for the homeless. Do you remember that day? Absolutely. <laughs> what do you remember? What was our first impression? Did you think I was an interfering, you know, old man into your, your affairs or were you uh, happy for the, uh, happy for the service of helping you? No, it was amazing. Like I had this guy just walked 
right in the middle of me, like trying to get everything come out this truck. And then there I see this this guy, I should not use old man, but walked over with the biggest smile and all I asked was, hey, how are you going? Yeah. You said something like, I am very happy today. Well, I and don't then, know why. My time was over 30 minutes. I didn't break the, I didn't break my PBs. So, but I was enjoyed the fact that I was actually able to go down to Wynnum yeah, and participate in it. And then the joy, not of just helping you, but the joy of meeting you that day. And when was that? Was that in November or October last year? Definitely November. And we, yes. have, uh, we stayed in contact ever since. I remember telling you about the podcast Mm -hmm. that day. And then, of course, our next catch-up, like how memorable, was it the storm, the lunch, or the guests? (laughs) The Christmas lunch, yeah. December the 24th. Here in Brisbane City, there's a beautiful place called, is it called Kemp Park? Kemp Place Park. Kemp Place Park, yeah. Absolutely. And I want you to picture it, dear ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners. But this beautiful lady here decided that she would take on responsibility to feed the homeless. And I'm going to let you know, by the way, they got a feed that day that was far better than anything I've ever had. <laughs> that was Amazing. an enormous yeah. feed. And I don't say that any demeaningly in any way. I, I say like, wow, the fact that someone was able to put all that together and under those circumstances and utilise some of the homeless people were part of your team Absolutely. that were part of the service to the homeless that visited the park that day. Yeah. And you had seating for them yeah. and they sat down and we had the Christmas music mm. on. You gave me an experience of cutting ham that I've never had before. Thank and you. I'm so sorry that the slices were so big, but they were delighted. Well. <laughs> it was, amazing. for me, I can't remember a Christmas in which... I participated in a more meaningful activity. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a beautiful activity. Yeah. But you said you've been providing this for seven years. Absolutely. Um, Tell us a bit about the organization. Is is, is it a business? Is it a service? What have you been providing for seven years? Who's we? What's it all about? So seven years ago, when I literally walked into this park, um, I literally came across just obviously he was homeless and his name is Terence. This is where it all changed for me. Was he there that day? No, he wasn't. Right, but his okay. brother was there, Joshua. That's on you. There was someone That's that you right. saddled up besides if he was a relative. So yeah. two of them had literally changed. This is where it all changed for me. Yeah. Um, and... So the day that he came in, he literally opened his backpack. He opened and then a rope fell out, obviously. And he shared a story that he was on the way to the story bridge. I don't want to go into details with you on that. But that all changed because I – anyway, I've – He's talking to someone that is literally experienced what he had gone through. You better stop there. You're saying now you were homeless. Yeah, absolutely. So this is your prior experience that actually becomes an inspiration for you to supply this service. 
and you started it seven years ago to the homeless. You've just told us a story of a man who was on his way to commit suicide. Absolutely. Yeah. So just experiencing that in my past. Yeah. When he was right there sharing a story. Yeah. I did not do anything, but in 45 minutes, he was just like crying, pouring out his heart to me. And and just the life that he was literally um, have gone through and the way he's been treated, he's and all the so forth, um, it just changed something in me for wow. me to be able to, to do something about it. So I, and ever since then, I literally just bought in lunch for him then it carried on to the following Sunday because I looked at the capacity of my time from Monday to Friday. I wasn't available, but yeah. I thought, let's lock in Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, I normally used to go to church, and I thought, yeah. no, hang on a minute. I think this is – I'd rather just be in the park to literally meet with Terrence and See? literally be able to literally give him a feed. And then from there, the word just got out. And then he brought in five people after that, and then it just grew. And I just thought, wow. So the capacity grew from five to 20. I should say, on my data, we have like going on to 20,000 people that's come through our service. Um, This is where individual, we don't tap into government funding and so forth. So we like to do everything from grassroots Um I look at like this because we're dealing with all sorts, all walks of life, right? And some of these people are very challenging, of course. We need to understand a little bit more of that. Did I just hear you say 20,000 homeless people have come through? Or people who might be very much alone, they're on the marginalized edge of society, Mm. these people could visit you and you can say that you've had 20,000 people in seven years come through for a meal? Absolutely. Nothing but just a proper meal. When are you going to be canonized? (laughs) That's incredible. Mm. That's just wonderfully beautiful that you could – touch the lives of 20,000 people because it's more than just a food than a, than a feed. Absolutely. Yeah. So if I could explain this more though, yeah. Bernie. Um, so it's literally providing. So what I do is, and I had to learn this. So for me to come into their territory, it was to learn. So number one, that I was never familiar with Fortitude Valley, the Camp Place Park that I was literally there. But because of Terrence, though, he made me welcome into the space there where I sat there 45 minutes just to listen to his story and some of the stuff that he was sharing. It was literally so horrific. And I sat there and sat there and sat there. And at the same time, I was just going through my mind. I was just going through, sorry, I had thoughts where, what can I do for this guy, man? Because I really do not want him to just continue on the plan that he literally came that day for. Yeah. So I think what I've learned in all these years is that she built a, a unique relationship with these people. Yeah. And I think it all came from the roots of understanding these people just walking into the territory. I'm breaking down on this thing, man. Let's go for it, darling. 
So just walking into the territory to understand their hurts, their pains. Yeah. And you're looking at someone that's been there. Yeah. I've had pains, man. I've yeah. gone through. And and some of the experience that they've gone through, I do understand, man. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. What are you apologizing so I for? I just think that um, I really felt that if there is anything that I have literally shared f- to literally give back to them, it's just that nothing but love out of the meals. I really need to blow my nose. <laughs> I need a tissue. Dear listeners, we need to take a little break because we need a, oh, a nose blowing. <laughs> G'day, you square-shouldered, clear-eyed, upstanding citizens of podcast land. I'm your old buddy, Chip Huddy. And here comes today's first loaded question. And fair warning, this one could make you uncomfortable. It did to me anyway, and I thought, you know what? Sharing is caring. Now, what struck me hardest about Margarita's story just now was her response to one very uncomfortable situation in discovering Terence's suicidal intent and two, to a difficult group of people in this group of potentially hostile territorial homeless people. And in both cases, she leaned in. She came at it with compassion and curiosity and courage. And it got me thinking, it forced me to think, and here's the question... Why do we ignore homeless people? Why do we just walk on by? Why do you just walk on by? It's going to be different, slightly different for everyone. Because obviously most of us do. We just walk on by. Otherwise, we wouldn't have such a homeless problem. So what beliefs allow us to do that? What judgments underpin our ignorance of homeless people? You don't have to tell a soul. This is just between us in podcast land. But let's sit with those hard questions. Let's sit with the answers they give us. And let's pay attention to the lessons they can teach us about ourselves, about the ways in which we think. Can you do that with me? If you're a listener, you won't recognize it in this studio. Now, we have green tissues because we had to have a break. And we had to have a nose-blowing break because, Margarita, the story that you are telling, it's amazing how much you still live it. You, It is so potent within you. And, and the story you are telling is not only about your service to the homeless Um, of Brisbane City. But you also, by the way, you go to the Gold Coast occasionally, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So let's say southeast Queensland here. But the incredible thing, Margarita, is is that your own background is, dare I say it, you were one of them. Absolutely. You were one of them. What is it like to wake up homeless? Like what do you feel when you're at that state? their state of homelessness has possibly not been their entire life, mm-hmm. but there is this period of their life in which they are homeless. What is it like to wake up homeless? Give us, I want you to give it in a minute. One minute, I want you to describe what is the experience that you feel when you're homeless. Yeah, you know, sometime. Um, you don't want to wake up in the morning because you don't know where to literally get your next meal, where to literally lay your head down. It is literally scary at times. Um, you know, sometimes it's not safe, you know, especially when you're literally living in a territory that you're unfamiliar with, you're unfamiliar with people. 
I mean, there's so much that are literally crazy on the streets, you know. Not only they're crazy, some of them are, are, are homeless because of addiction too. Absolutely. And we're addiction. talking drug addiction, alcoholic yeah. addiction some as well. Some of them come from marriage breakdown. Um, Mental breakdown. Absolutely. Yeah. So in all levels, yeah. um, you've got different circumstances. Let me ask people. you this. What keeps them alive then? If you wake up so desperate, and I can under, mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand that. Sure. But what keeps them alive if they're feeling that desperate? What, what keeps them waking up each day? There is hope in them. Wow. And so hope is then created with the right people that are listening in the surroundings. Yeah. A hope is having someone there. You don't have to talk to them. They don't have to talk to you, but it's literally being protected by them. Yeah. Um, it could be in all different ways. It could be through food. It could be through um, just handing them over um, the need or it could be um, a pack of lunch for the next day or it could be – Mm, but I saw it in the way that you did it on on that Christmas mm. day. So on that day, you gave them far more than food. You you gave them the joy of Christmas. You gave them a loving spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And and mm. and and so on that day, I saw the bigger gift. It wasn't just the ham and the chicken sure. and the salads. It was a gift that you are a person to be respected. Absolutely. person to celebrate with, yeah, yeah. And, of course, that is something that you're suggesting on an ongoing basis that can be the catalyst for a turnaround in their perspective of their current circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you comment a bit more on that? Yes, sure. Um, Bernie, I think it's really giving them the dignity. You're giving back their space to literally be able to experience once upon a time. I'm sure a lot of them have literally experienced a Christmas with their family or loved ones. Yeah. Um, But just putting something or creating – and I'm very privileged when it comes to these kind of space that I can literally turn it and create something that once upon a time that we all had, you know, with families and just experiencing love and just just all those in, I guess, in special occasion for them. So having – Christmas on that day was literally having them to literally experience nothing but love that's created in that space. So love is actually sharing to them. Love is actually it's it's plating something that is actually from the heart to give back because I've literally and I'm going to keep it 100 here because you know I've literally been on the streets and I've, of course I've lived the streets and that and and some of the food and I am not going to diminish or you know devalue any of the organisations or any people out there but what I've literally seen is it's heartbreaking for me. But here's the thing, though, because I've gotten the opportunity now, I have the space that I can now do it better. Yeah. So instead of, for example, you know, and I'm just using this 
um, example where I had some of my homies, Margarita, man, I'm sick and tired of sausage sizzle. You know, I'm over on that. And so here's the changing game on this, Bernie. This is good. Come on, man. You know, like we, like, come on, we've got politicians out there, man, are literally running fundraising, are literally feeding to be seen, to literally feed, you know, the homeless, the people that are struggling out there, just onions and and, and sausage. I'm not saying it's wrong, man. Come on, man. We're all making a dollar there. (laughs) Margarita's not making a dollar. I'm so thankful for the salmon link that I get to be able to literally then save to literally bring in and they have steak man they have porter steak they have all this fresh salad because I didn't get feed like that yeah. I'm actually giving them so here's the thing though you feed them peanuts they end up becoming monkeys right so I look at them and I look up to these people man and I honour them and this is why you've come into that space I literally honour Coco I honour Janet I honour Joshua I honour all these people and it doesn't matter their addiction because I'm not there to judge them man but I'm telling you man when you give something to these people and you look up to them they then become man something that you that would be able to blow your mind and so I'm (laughs) experiencing where I'm using Joshua as an example a lot of our people, man, they've been there on drugs, man. Some of them come out of prison, man. I've experienced I've seen these people. They have been transformed and I've never had – I've never changed them. My protocols or policies, and I say this from a humble spirit, and I've said this to our volunteers, we're not here to change them, man. Yeah. It's none of your business, man. Yeah. What they do and all this – our part is just to love them through thick and thin. Yeah. This is where I chose seven years ago when I took up this role to become a volunteer. And it doesn't matter anymore because I'm not talking about a dollar and I'm not talking about power here. I'm talking about something that sits within me. Yeah. That drives me every yeah. single morning that yeah. I wake up when I'm going through a hard time burning. Yeah. I'm broken down and you feel like you don't want to get up. What wakes me up every every morning is literally remember the people that I serve every week. Well, dear people, you might consider this an interruption to the podcast. Not so. It is a glorious invitation, an invitation for you to join me and many, many others on that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp in Nepal, or maybe you'd prefer to do Gokyo Lakes. Yes, you've got two choices there, and both of them will not let you down. Why? Because you'll be walking under the shadow of the most powerful forces of nature upon our planet, but you're also trekking and hiking with the beautiful Sherpa, who are our guides are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon the planet i think so and they're beautifully founded in the spirit of buddhism just imagine it nature himalaya powerful forces sherpaism buddhism all infecting and invading your soul i'm letting you know now dear people you come on the mighty trek that's leaving Australia or entering Nepal on April the 3rd or 4th, 2024, and you cannot return to your home base, your country, the same person as the one who left. It is simply that powerful. Would you love to join us? Here's all you have to do. I want you to
to take note of this particular number. Now get a pen. I'm going to delay for a second. Uh, Three seconds I delayed for. Plus six, one. Four, one, two. Nine, eight, two. Four, four, four. Now, you text me and say that you're interested, and within 48 hours, I'll have delivered back to you a comprehensive information kit that gives you all the information that you will need to make an informed decision about joining us and the globe on a mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. And please remember that preceding that trek, we're also going to spend two beautiful days with 550 disabled children in Kathmandu. Yes, we built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015, which shattered their classrooms. And and, and I, I, I hesitate to say this, but thankfully they did because the new school that they've got has been a, a new energy for this beautiful community called Kagandra. Dear people, come to Nepal with us where I promise you that your spirit to become that more loving human being generate greater inner happiness it will be enhanced hey let's go back to this episode of a journey with bernie are you enjoying it i was brought up in a you know in a good home my mother she was a single mother an amazing mother and i'll never forget when i was a young as maybe 13 i would see her yeah having all this food come out of our kitchen. I'm like, she's baking early hours in the morning. And I'm looking at her and I said, Mom, we are hungry. Where's all this food going to? She goes, shh, don't ask. But it ended up feeding people, neighbours, the poor, the homeless. And never, ever thought that one day that I'll be walking the legacy of my mother here. So I'm so thankful for my elderly mother. She is 85 going on 86 and she's still, still around. She's still living? I get to yeah. look after my mother. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's my hope. She's my strength, the courage. And I, every time I'm leaving home, I'm literally – Saying to mom, I'm going to go, but you just pray and I'll do the physical, okay? So you're still living with mom? You're still looking after mom? I am looking after my mother. Yes, I am. Yeah, I just love my mother so much. But going back to, to, I think, what's really important in these services is literally the solution is there. There's such a key. You know, we're all – because it is a – crisis right now, Bernie. Yeah. And I think it's a must for the right ears to listen here. How do you know it's a crisis? It's a crisis. It's all over. It's every, you know, people are literally coming out of, uh, there are so many people that are living on the streets. You are seeing more and more people. Absolutely. You're seeing more new faces appear on the streets. Every week. Wow. Every week. And I think what's really important for this and I'm so grateful for your podcast and I'm hoping that the right ears and the heart to respond to this that we need to literally come together and I have the solution we've got the master plan the blueprint obviously just some months ago I've literally placed um a blueprint to the government is literally gone from local, state to federal. Mm. It's come back. It's actually fallen on deaf ears again. 
So my decision now is that she pull back away from talking to government because nothing is going to be done. That's 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 a that that's a definitive statement. Um, can I throw back at you? Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, don't apologise. Um, nothing's going to be done, or does it need to be redone so that something can be done? Yeah. <laughs> you know, does it need to be refashioned, remoulded, reshaped um, in a way so that we might be able to um, win the favour of local government? I'm making it up. No, I think it's really important that, you know, I love the word reform. Yeah. We've got to literally, and the only way that we can literally be able to understand the solution and find the solution and to help these kind of people, because it's not only the people that have literally been living on the streets for like 10 years, five years, six years. We've got the new ones that are literally, um, you know, we see it all the time on on the news yeah. that, you know, people are struggling there to pay their rent. Um, people that are working, they're literally now living in tents now. They're literally living under the, the in the in the regions that I get yeah. to. She bring our services out to. Sure. So I think what's really important is literally have government and churches, corporates, and just all and you know residential as well. And I think when we have homeless that is literally right there in our backyard, then it becomes our problem. We should take it and yeah. make it our problem. So yeah. we've got to come together to literally find the solution and let's work together. Yeah. Stop talking about money, man, because money is not going to get up and literally fix the problem. We've got to literally come together to literally be able to hear the people and making sure and dissect or – be able to literally place the right people behind these services. Yeah. Making sure that they have a heart, a genuine heart to be able to help these people. You know, we've got so many of the people that are literally have knowledge. Yeah. But have not walked the experience. And this is what, you know, this is this is a dilemma at times, you know, when you're talking with services or government out there and organizations and yeah. that. It's yeah. just yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I'm, he, I'm hearing you. Your, one of your big messages is: if we're going to help, we need to be able to feel who our homeless are. Yeah. We need to be able to connect to, with them through heart. I don't know why it is, but I, I have admiration for the CEO's sleep out that I think Vinny's actually um, inspires. It, it's a fundraiser. It's a call once a year for the CEOs of various organisations to all sleep out. And I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it's undercover and it certainly isn't, you know, a, akin to, you know, some of the experiences that our homeless people would actually have. Do you know the event that I'm talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. I yeah, see yeah, it yeah, all yeah. the time. But you know what I thought about the other day? Why is it sort of like a a, a pseudo um, practice of a, a one night sleep out for the homeless? Why isn't the challenge then to put twenty dollars in a backpack and spend the next five days and you don't go home? Mm. So that you actually get the 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 the, the humbling experience yeah. of what it's actually like to live, interact, meet, greet, talk about, and can you imagine the 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 self education that would occur if people actually had that experience? 
Should this be part of an educational program where our grade 12 students are actually having these type of experiences? Now, there's a bit of light in your face there that, that might suggest a bit mm-hmm. more practicality. Yeah. And then, of course, we go, in that terrible? We always then have to think about the legal dangers mm. of this these type of experiences that seem to hold us back when there's so much education and value that would be in that experience for those people who are trying to understand the heart of the homeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it all comes back to the right people again you yeah. know, that can get behind this kind of awareness. And I think um, – and, you know, I'm not going to change my mind on this, but people need to literally experience what these people are going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, to literally get their awareness, to literally understand these kind of people. And I think you're mentioning education. I think it's very important. You know, yeah. some of these uh, politicians yeah. and and sectors all across the board, sectors, they yeah. need experience and they need to be educated yeah. so well to literally understand something yeah, I believe that there's there's many out there. Yeah. There are many that are in churches. There are many that are literally in government as well. There yeah. are many that are out there in, in residential. People don't want to speak as well. And I think, and I'm just hoping that my courage and strength today will be able to literally be able to help others out there, you know. Um, and I believe that you're calling them. You're calling yeah. them. And I believe that there are so many of the leaders out there, you know, like, when it comes to my kind of um, being or the way that I carry myself and I just think I'm not a follower person. I'm actually a leader where I want to become a great leader, meaning though to serve well. You know, being a leader is not to call the shots only, man, to sit there and, and, you know, you do this and you do that. No, no, no. I think becoming a leader is literally setting an example. What's in your hand, Bernie? What can you give to literally make a difference in someone else's life out there? And I think that if we can come together as, you know, a community or a state or a nation together, let's just work the problem. Let's come together to be able to give for the hopeless. Let's lead now, right now. How? Let's call for all those that you were referring to before, those with good hearts. But let's say to those with good hearts, Mm -hmm. great loving hearts, here is a magnificent opportunity for you to go through an incredible educational and learning experience. Join us. Join Margarita on a Friday. Join Margarita on a Sunday. Let's become active in participating in the actual experience of being with the homeless. Give them your phone number now because if anybody's got that heart here now, I'm challenging you and I'm challenging you on the basis of education and life experience. What's your phone number? So it's 0405. No, too quick. 0405. 0405-201-801-880. You didn't have a pen then, dear listeners. Go and get your pen now. I'm counting three seconds. You're not quick enough. Go dash to the kitchen. Go Come get on, the guys. pen now. Okay, here it. we go. Here we go. One more time. That phone number. 0405. Yeah. 201 201 880 880 
zero. Give Margarita a call. If there's something inside of you right now that says, you know what, I'm listening to this. I need this experience to actually have the interaction with the homeless so that I can learn about me, (laughs) so that I can learn about them. And my heart's good for this. Absolutely. Let's help each other on this. Yeah. What what I'm hoping is, I wouldn't be fantastic if you got a dozen people, 15 people. Mm. Margarita, it's amazing who people know. Absolutely. And sometimes if we get the, you know... There might be some of my Domino's boys listening wow, to this. Say, Hello. I believe, Did I, I just throw in a name? Come Did on. I? Domino's, you know? come on. Thank God. you. Yeah, yeah. And so we all know people. And maybe out of the 12, 15, 20, mm. maybe there are 50 people that might use the phone number. Who knows who out there? Let's start to build and create. You are going to have to be good to harness this young lady. I'm hoping so. Well, you're going to have to strengthen up there. But I tell Thank you what, you. you know what? I Tell know me. that you can. You know how I know? How? I saw you hold down the marquee during a storm that Brisbane rated one of the, one of the greatest storms they've had in mm. a long, long time. And you weren't budging anywhere. Thank and you. And you had eight or nine people that day that were willing to run to their cars and say, good night, said the fox all over. And you kept them there. You know? Thank so guess you. what? You've got the goods. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I pulled it through, though. Yeah. With you helping us that day, yeah. no, I'm just so thankful for mine all was our the, volunteers. Mine was the privilege Thank of you. just being there. And forgive me for saying this, you gave me the privilege to be my purpose. Oh, thank and you. And my purpose was not to serve the homeless. My purpose is to be loved. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and and of course this is this is what I'm saying to the people yeah, out there that yeah, are listening. Yeah. If that's your purpose, then demonstrate it in many, many ways, and you already do, dear listeners. But here's an opportunity right now to demonstrate it by utilizing that mobile number that we gave you before. Our website as well. Yeah. Please go to our website. One www. more time, please. Give dot give G I V three. Now you confused us there again. You start again, please. So it's www dot G I V three O U R T I M dot com. Okay. Give our time. Give our time. And there's a donation. Um, a tab there that you can literally That's fantastic. Donate. That's fantastic. But yeah, also asking for volunteers as well. Yeah. I mean, if you are literally interested, you have a heart, you have love. That's all I'm asking for, and a consistency um, planner throughout the week that you can literally jump on board with us and be able to give back. Yeah. Give back 100%, man. And I say this all the time, Bernie, what you have, I don't have. What I have, you have. That's true. And so that's true. I love the service where we can all come together to be able to literally bring to the table. That's true. What is so needed out there for the people? So that's the solution. But you have a changing game, though. You have what Coco has. I don't have what Coco has. Mm. Uh, He's uh, amazing. But collectively, what I'm trying – Coco here is a metaphor of of all different types of people Mm. coming together to be able to give to humanity. It's putting purpose in their hands. Yeah. Let them run with it. That's beautiful. Say that one more time. 
you put purpose in their hand. Yeah. You know, they're literally driven for something. Yeah. And so when you give them purpose, yeah. then that's their space to literally grow and to be able to literally explore and to to grow in their their given potential. So yeah. I'm just so thankful. Can you change your mindset for a moment? Uh, what I sure. your mindset is? I'm going to ask you, please, to sort of like stop thinking only in the context of the homeless, sure. because you're more than that. Mm. What is love? love? What is love? So love is unique. It's different. It's profound. <laughs> it is different. It's rare. There's so much that. I can literally benefit from this love. It's literally just life itself, just waking up. It's beautiful. And I think um, what makes it beautiful is literally the people that are literally in your surrounding, the people that you give to, the people that, I don't know, that just um, that accepts you. Yeah. Love that just gives back, like you give them 10, yeah. it comes back hundredfold. Um, um, so love is not boast, love is not, you know, ego, you know, with pride and, and wow. that. It's literally love for me is a cheek humility for me. Yeah. Um, it's pure, it's literally nothing but, um, I guess. In a sense of positive. You know, one thing that amazes me listening to you now is how many times the voices of other guests in our podcasts um, arise. Mm -hmm. I can hear a voice right now, a very recent one, that actually said, to be only dedicated to love, 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 Mm -hmm. love. Without the opportunity to assert, the opportunity to exemplify tough love, without the ability to to be strong and to aggress and to demand, Mm. such people are helpless, he said. He said, because in this world, if we want to make progress, we are going to have obstacles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't melt the obstacles just by love, 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 love. You've got to assert. I remember in that particular podcast, Gandhi convinced the British Empire to leave India. But it was still a protest. It was still um, an aggression but he did it through civil disobedience. Wow. But it was still a very assertive, active move. <laughs> and so as we start to wind up this podcast here, I don't think I've got a right to wish anything upon you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my greatest hope here is, is that love is, is the dominant tool but that within all of those who join your mission, mm-hmm. they have a strong voice, yeah. an assertive voice, a demanding voice mm-hmm. that truly makes people around us stand up and listen. 
100%. It doesn't take all these corporations, people who work for them that are listening to this podcast. Imagine 50 corporations, 50 pizzas, for example, might cost $250. But 50 pizzas coupled with the leg of ham, the manufacturers of the, Mm. of the ham, Mm. you know, coupled with those who make the tents, you know, coupled with those who can educate. There are so many different organizations with so many different services. Let's demand that they listen. Mm. Let's, oh, how wrong. Not just listen. Mm -hmm. Let's demand that they act. Be a doer. That they act. That they act. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Byrne got a bit fiery there, didn't he? Uh, I won't get fiery with this, our second loaded question of the episode, but I will key off Byrne's sentiment because it is a worthwhile one. Here's the question. Nice and simple, nice and specific. What action would you take within the next week to directly help out a homeless person? I'm not even asking you to actually do it. I'm just asking you to identify it. And listen to my wording. Not what could you do, what would you do? What's the action that you would actually follow through with? What action are you comfortable with? Would you just sit and have a chat with a homeless person while you wait for your morning coffee? Would you buy them a morning coffee? Would you buy them a meal? Would you sit down and share a meal with them? Or would you be more comfortable just giving them some spare change or a $5 note because that's something too? What is the action that you would do? Again, not even asking you to do it. Just asking you to figure out what it would be. Just hearing, and this is, I think it's very important for the listeners to literally hear this part. Um, where, you know, the honour and the respect, and I'm just talking my experience seven years ago, when I came in to literally start this, this was no rosy, like, good, and, you know, the atmosphere mm. was literally amazing. Every time I would literally bring the feed out to the people, no, I was judged. Mm. M this, F this, you get By out who? of here. By this who? This is from the homeless yeah. people. Yeah. Some of these people, right? And see, what happened was because they were judging me and they didn't know who I was. And you know what? I've learned now. Yeah. And it's to literally get the understanding of why, where they're coming from. So this is how it became the changing game on this. Mm-hmm. I would literally walk in there when they would literally – Foul language is always thrown at me. Yeah. All the time I'm coming in there. All I did was just love them. Just came in there and I respected them. When they would say, F you, Margarita, I would literally say, Well, I'm just here. I'm not here to literally abuse you or any form of way. I'm here just to serve you. Yeah. Please, can I give you the sandwich? Oh, F your sandwich, man. Da da da. (laughs) And so this is the thing, right? I did that. Love is so real because it does crazy thing. Yeah. And so because I didn't judge him, I wasn't speaking that language. Yeah. I literally, the changing game was honor and respect. And kid you not that seven years ago yeah. or maybe three years after that, people that were abusing me, they would literally, th- I was literally under a threat. They would literally come after me and I would stand my faith. And I said, you are not going to make it through to me, man. It's okay, right? I know you're hurt, 
But you see, I don't retaliate. The I'm literally totally the yeah. opposite. And I would just love them through in every which way. And then a month ago or later or two months, three months, they would literally then come and they would hug you, pour their heart out. Yeah. Said, oh, I'm so sorry. Two years later, they're hugging on me. They are the best genuine people today that they will never jump because I literally yeah. implemented something and I walked in there with a standard that all mm. I did was just respect them and honour them. And I yeah. did all my crying at home behind closed doors and I would literally sometimes, I'm just, man, I'm throwing my towel in there I'm done, I'm done. And all I could hear is this voice, don't give up on them. Yeah. Because they literally, they know who you are, but yeah. don't give up on them. Yeah. Patience, patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would literally drive myself every single day, every Sunday. I was consistent on the time. I was there through thick and thin, yeah. rain, hail, or shine. The party goes on. Yeah. So this is where the trust came in. Yeah. They were not judged. So because I've implemented a standard there yeah. that I've never lowered my standard down That's to it. foolish yeah. and any of those arrogant, yeah. whatever it is, I literally had to stood my grounds. And this is where now you've got the people that are literally on that level yeah. are now respecting each other. But here's the thing, though. We've got to go back to the drawing board. Are you really called to be on these streets to be able to help the people? Yeah, like are that. you really? Because some, and I'm saying this, the question goes back, because a lot, and, you know, out there, and I remember when I started this, and I remember God saying this, he goes, oh, this is Margarita, I'd rather me see you serving my people than having the world seeing you. So me yeah. though, and I use that as a perfect example, and I say this to these church leaders, if you're coming in here to be seen and to literally bring in your media to literally take photos and using this as your promotion for your, I don't think it's going to work here. Yeah. This is a technique mm. that this is literally part of the problem. So, but if you're coming into the service because God's called you yeah. into the service, then we can work it yeah. together yeah. by educating, by helping you. Yeah. Not to let you judge because, you know, a lot of people are judging into these yeah. into these services yeah. right now. Yeah. But we can do it together yeah. though. Yeah, absolutely we can. Absolutely. To help we others can. though. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of your biggest messages today is the call for the right heart, mm. but it's also a call for the collection of people. It's time to act. There's a crisis out there. There was once a woman, you know, who, who, who caught a train. I can't remember from where the train took off. I know she was going to the hills of Darjeeling in India. And she looked out the window and she saw um, the poorest of the poor. Mother Teresa started in a similar, similar way. Yet I think if you looked up the missionaries of charity today, you'd probably, I'm sure they're in. 50, 60, 70 countries. I'm sure there are thousands of men and women who are part of that movement. Started by someone who actually relied on divine intervention 
for the monies. But talk about, ooh, talk about a woman with the capacity of tough love. <laughs> she wasn't always an angel. Um, I only mention that not to make a comparison. Mm. I don't. I don't. I mention it to say that, 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 that what you're trying to do is, has got some precedence. Mm. And, and that know that precedence, be committed to the vision, be unafraid to do what you've done today, call out strongly, demand, gather your people. She gathered her people. She also, by the way, got some permission of authority. She finished. It took her a little while, by the way. The Archbishop didn't give her full permission to start immediately at all. She had to ask two or three, you know, a number of times, you know. So why must you do it? Because there's a calling for it. And secondly, from what I'm hearing today, it's because this is your purpose. And this purpose is the one that brings you greatest joy and meaning in your life. And you can't deny that. You can't no, deny no, that. No. You can't deny that. Mm. Yeah. Margarita Stowers, this is a heck of a, uh, a conversation. Wow. <laughs> How'd you go with a chip? <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed so. myself. <laughs> Does Thank that you. answer though? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. And yes, what we didn't, there was so much I know that we didn't talk about. So I have a feeling that we're going to, in our review and reevaluation of this, this podcast, you know, we're going to seek an opportunity somewhere down the track sooner than later in order to, to add the part B because I know. There's, Bring it on. we didn't even talk about how did you get to be homeless, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't get to talk about Margarita, homeless in New York. Uh, LA. So <laughs> LA was LA. Yeah. I wanted to elevate you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you. much there to be, uh, to be mm -hmm. talking about. Absolutely. Hasten, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's hope that the podcast didn't fall on, it didn't fall on deaf ears, I know that. But it, uh, we wanted to make sure that it actually calls upon strong action. Thank you so much, Barney. Well done, Margarita Thank Stowers. You, so you have been a part of a journey with Bernie and Bing. That's what someone. <laughs> that's what someone. Oh, well done. <laughs> a journey with Bernie and Chip. Chip. Hope you enjoyed this particular episode, dear people. We loved it. We hope that you did too, and can't wait to bring you another episode. It's just around the corner. Hey, bye for now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, good people, what did you think of that? Uh, I don't know about you, but I just loved it. But I continue to love these stories and these journeys of people's lives that can give to us strategies and actions and routines and, and disciplines and ways of seeing the world, all of which can help us to become more loving human beings, happier ones too. And listening intently is the chipster. 
Chip Lachlan Huddy, our editor and producer. And as promised, he's about to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of all the goodness and the gold that we just heard over the last hour. Hey, take it away, Chip. Thanks, Byrne, and thank you, dear listeners, for joining me, Chip Lachlan Huddy, on this, another edition of Chip's Take-Home Pay. And today, the Take-Home Pay is going to be all about mindset, I reckon. Now, all throughout this episode, we heard Margarita calling for the right people, the right hearts, to get this work for the homeless done. And you need the right heart, because let's be honest, helping people can often be very difficult work because of the people themselves. Just near the end there, we heard Margarita's own story of the hostility she faced, the vitriol from the very homeless people she was only and obviously trying to help. Fuck your sandwich, they said. Now, I'm not sure what proportion of people had that kind of reaction, but obviously there were enough that Margarita felt compelled to share that story. And it makes sense. Homeless people are hurt. They might be damaged. They might be suffering from mental health issues. At the very least, they probably lost hope in other people. So it makes sense that they'd lash out, even at the people who were trying to help them. And I think we've all experienced this on one level or another in our own lives. You might try to help someone. You have the best of intentions, and all you get back from them is hostility. And it's it's supremely demoralizing. Think of how infuriating that must have been for Margarita. Here she is. She's trying to help. She's offering time and money and sweat and charity. And what does she get? Fuck your sandwich. Imagine if that were you. We're all human. Not many of us had put up with that, and understandably so. But the problem with that mindset is that however understandable it might be, it doesn't get the problem solved. And homelessness is a serious problem, and it is right in our backyard. And whether we like it or not, that makes it our problem. That makes it all of our problem. The question we have to ask ourselves is... Do we want to be part of the problem by throwing up our hands or do we want to be part of the solution by putting those hands to work and keeping them at work even when the people we're trying to help are coming at us with anger? Makes me think of our last episode, episode 62, uh, with Krav Maga expert Tim Alexander. Uh, In my take-home pay for that episode, I talked about how to love a damaged thing You need to be prepared to withstand the damage it will inflict upon you or try to inflict upon you. You need to be able to stick around. I think that applies in this context too. If we want to get serious about helping the homeless, that's a fight that needs to be prosecuted on many levels, politically, uh, systemically, ideologically, but also interpersonally. And I think the hard work is going to be the interpersonal stuff, the stuff in the trenches, the work that Margarita's doing, person to person and one person at a time. And for that fight to be won, it has to be fought by people with the right hearts, by people who are prepared to stick around. So how can we become those people? Because I'm not, I'll tell you. But I want to be. So I need to figure out how. Now, Margarita is one of these people because, yes, she's a remarkable woman, but also because she's been homeless. So her empathy is kind of effortless. Uh, And also she's a Christian. She has her faith. But not all of us have that history or that faith. I sure don't. 
So I want to try to find a path into her mindset for those of us who can't call upon Margarita's experience or her religious conviction. And I think that to cultivate this mindset, the rest of us have to recognize that there's something in it for us. And if that sounds too selfish, tough. The road to heaven is paved with self-regard. So what's in it for us? In a word, strength. To be the kind of person who can hold out their hand in charity, have that hand spat on and struck down, to be given every excuse to give up, but to respond to those insults with courage and resilience and steely compassion, this is the kind of person who can move mountains because this is the kind of person who will never bow to excuses, even understandable excuses. And when you refuse to bow to excuses, there is nothing that can stop you. And don't take my word for it. Listen to a real warrior. The legendary Japanese swordsman Miyamoto Musashi once said, to hold it together when everyone else would understand if you fell apart. That's true strength. That's what's in it for us, guys the cultivation of true strength, the kind of strength with which you can turn to any problem in your life and dominate. Sounds like a bloody good deal to me just for helping a few homeless people. Does it sound like a good deal to you? If it does, here's the next step. Nice and simple, all right? You go to Margarita's website, giveourtime.com. That's G for golf, I for India, V for Victor, the number three, O for Oscar, U for uniform, R for Roger, T for Tango, I for India, M for Mike, E for Echo.com. Giveourtime.com. Go to the menu at top right, click Ways to Help, click Volunteer, and get in touch with them. Come and join Bernie and me. We're walking what we talk. We're getting involved. Come and join us. Get your mind right. Get your heart right. Let's cultivate some of that true strength together. All right, that's all from me, beautiful people. I'm Chip Huddy. This has been Chip's Take Home Pay, and I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. As always, my friends, Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, uh, that was gold, dear people. That was Lachlan Huddy and Chip's Take Home Pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know, and I know, that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier, a more beautiful human being, and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this. (laughs) 